Thanks for tuning back in to the Bold Men's Podcast. Sitting around the table today, we have Larry Hyler. Hey. We've got Joe Graves. Hello, friends. And we've got myself. Uh, hey, it is the Bold Men's Podcast, and we're kind of starting to a new season of talking about different topics. We've walked through 1 Corinthians 16, 13. And 14. Uh, and 14, talking about uh, uh, Paul's edict to, you know, to act like men. And what is a man? A man works. A man uh, does all he does in, in love. A man's watchful. He stands firm. He he believes in something. We've talked about all those topics. If you haven't listened to those podcasts, go back and check those out. Today we're talking about a new topic uh, that is uh, kind of a controversial topic in our world today. And, and you all have seen this, not only in the faith world, but also in our, just our, look, we've got a world that says men um, can have vaginas. Yeah, like the world says, what is a man? What is a woman? Yeah, yeah. You I know? mean, that's a huge issue today. And they're saying, well, those are just cisgenders. They're just, uh, the those are the, the old world accepted genders. The yeah. gender is as gender does, is what they're saying. Put it in Forrest Gump standards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, gender's like a box of chocolates too, yeah. evidently. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> evidently. I mean, and we've, I mean, we've got a real, a, a real, and, and an issue with that uh, comes, I was actually having this conversation with one of the students in our ministry here this morning, a 14-year-old girl saying, you know, Sammy was preaching this morning. He's talking about uh, family. We're in the series about family and uh, talking about uh he said he made the point about um, the 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 mental health issues that are on the increase in our society, specifically in the LGBTQ plus uh, demographic, and how mental health issues are are growing there rapidly. And the 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 uh, fantasy the fantasizing fantasizing about uh, about suicide and stuff is increasing there. And this child's uh, this youth said, I don't understand why that is. What? Why did he make that statement? And, and, and it come down to, well, when you lose objective reality, when you lose that basis, ups, up, and downs, down, then then why not, why isn't, you know, why, why have point? an issue with, with killing yourself? Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly, what's the point, yeah. So well, you, without a basis in, that God is the creator of the universe, that he is the one that made the rules to begin with, without that foundation, anything goes, guys. Anything is, is a permissible, anything. And there's, well, why should I obey the law? Where's, what basis is the law on? Why should I stay with a woman and be her husband? Why should I do anything? Why should I not kill myself? There, there's no basis for any kind of morality outside of the fact that there is a creator God who made it all, and he made the rule book, and he told us to follow it. Yeah, and, and part of that is because there's no truth. Because then, so, so then the question becomes, well, why are the Nazis bad? We would all pretty much universally say, well, the Nazis were terrible. I actually know a guy bad. who says the Nazis were not bad. Well, he's nuts. He is nuts. <laughs> and I say, what, what, and I think he was just being a jerk, kind of so just, 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 yeah. just to prove his point, because we were having this conversation. I'm like, well, what about the Nazis? He said, well, the Nazis weren't bad in their own eyes, which, which is hard to swallow. I said, you can't look at me and seriously say you think the Nazis were good, even if it is in their own eyes. I mean, that's that's relativism taken to a maximum there. And that's where moral relativism 
leads. That's where it goes. You eventually have to say, no, nah, the Nazis weren't all that bad. Yep. Yeah. They weren't like what you say you said, they weren't bad in their own eyes. In their own eyes. It's always it's always in relation to the how they perceive which, it. Yeah. yeah. And and it's it's never well, what did they do to you? How, they just killed six million Jews. Uh, well, that's too bad for the Jews. You know, they were good in their own eyes. And and so this moral relativism uh, is leading a lot of people to believe that if you want to be a tree gender, then you're a tree gender. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we've taken the long way around to uh -huh. get to what we're talking about today, but... Uh, our our purpose today, our, our our topic for today, is a word called complementarianism. So, what is complementarianism? Complementarianism. Complementarianism really it became a uh, a popular term in Christendom uh, back in the eighties uh, as a uh, kind of a well, it was partly a response to the feminist movement in the uh, late seventies, and, and so. Complementarianism is is the basic idea of it. The root of it is that God created men and women equally, as far as they are both created equally in the image of God. Uh, Genesis one and two teaches that they were created both in His image. God created them in His image. Him and her, He created them in His image. So both man and woman are created in the image of God. But the Bible teaches, even starting in Genesis that they were created while equal, they're different in their function. And that's what complementarianism teaches. And as a matter of fact, to, to bring it on home there, John, they had complementary roles that's right. to perform. Yeah. Not that one role was more important than the other, but that they had to fulfill their roles as the way God laid it out yeah. in his creation. And I think that's, I w was kind of mentioning that last week or two weeks ago that with in the proper context the man can be who god created him to be through the woman's input yeah and participation same with the woman that's right and without one or the other the one the one opponent or proponent is void of what god created it for he yeah. makes it very clear. Uh, different, created, imagio dio, but different to fulfill a role. Yeah. I mean, and one without the other, it's like a one-armed paper hanger. It doesn't work. A one-armed paper paper hanger. Wow, I've oh. never heard of that before. Yeah. That's good. That's, yeah. that's a new one on me. Thanks. <laughs> they go together. Yeah. Yeah, it's like two puzzle pieces that when they're put together properly and they're sinking, then, then, then they're going to make a complete and, and picture. And if you have that piece of the puzzle missing, that puzzle yeah. is will forever be incomplete. Where they're both trying to be the same puzzle piece, it's not going to fit together. Same deal. Right. Yeah, two pieces in the same. Yeah. No, it doesn't work. Absolutely. Not at all the God's design for the situation. So then let's spend a few minutes talking about God's design for the man. All right, because the majority of our audience are men. This and this, and so let's talk for a minute about what it means to be a man according to God's created order of things. So, f first of all, let's start off with um, uh, we can make the statement uh, about God, uh, God designing men to be the the head or the lead in a family. Now, when I say that, 
I, I guess maybe what do I what do I not mean by that? I I, I don't mean, for example, that that man is the authoritative uh, uh, dictator in a household. And that's not at all what the Bible is saying. That's it's right. not even hinted at here. Matter of fact, he says to be tender, to love her, to be tender with her. What is his commandment? The only commandment he gives a man in marriage is to love your wife. Yes. And that love word is the same agape word that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Is that sacrificial, cross-bearing love. Yeah. 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 And so when some people read like 1 Corinthians 11.3, right? Yeah. They say, but I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man and that the man is the head of the woman and God is the head of Christ. And they say patriarchy. Patriarchy. Evil you're, patriarchy. You're, you're evil. Uh, that is so antiquated. That is so, you know, <laughs> coming to the 20th century, you know, Thor, no. come on. You, you, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they look at that and then they don't realize what the words actually mean. You speak English, but you don't really speak English. That's right. You don't you haven't dissected words. You have this twisted view of what love is, number one. And you know we talked about that two weeks ago. That's I wanna interrupt real quick. Oh, you're fine. That's why bold is so important to me. Because we discuss we discuss these words. These, well, we pick these, them apart. We pick them apart biblically. And with the Greek and the Latin context, mm-hmm. and understand what God was truly saying yeah. to us. Context yeah. is king, it's and king. it absolutely drives that boat. And John, you're, you're the context king of well, them. I mean, really, yeah. you. He does a great job. Yeah, does. put it in context for well, us. Well, put this in context. Will you read that passage again? First Corinthians sure. chapter eleven, verse three reads. Yeah. So it uh, eleven three, out of the Christian Standard Bible. This is CSB. But I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man and that man is the head of the woman and God is the head of Christ. I mean, let's, let's unpack that for a second. Yeah, Again, there's we a talked lot about there. this last week <laughs> or last podcast about loving our spouse. But when God says, when God's word says that the man is the head of the woman, that's not uh, uh, the head to, 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 to beat down upon, right? To push down upon that's not oppressing the woman, but we, what Scripture means by that is is well, what did Christ do for the church? Lay down his life. It's a sacrificial, uh, a, 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 a love of service. Uh, it also is an onus of responsibility that's placed upon the man that's in the, the home, big, right? Thing, yes. And so, a lot of this we discussed last podcast about what it means to be a leader in the family with our spouse, but it doesn't stop there. It moves on uh, as far as male headship goes. And it leaves from the home, which is our top and first ministry, and it expands out to the church. Male leadership or headship in a church setting. And, and again, I, I feel like we sometimes need to start with what leadership is not. I, I once worked in a ministry where it, you must be a man to pass a communion tray with the bread and the juice on it for a communion. And so in the lobby each Sunday before the service started, the deacon of our communion service was out there, and he had little pieces of paper that he handed to different guys. And the only criteria for that leadership, quote, leadership position, end quote, uh, was your, your anatomy. And I remember the day it hit me 
as a middle school boy or a high school boy, I'm sorry, a high school boy is teasing a high school girl, I can serve communion and you can't, he said. And it hit me, huh, why is our criteria anatomy and yet we don't pay attention to what that anatomy is doing the night before, perhaps? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like maybe it's more than just the, the plumbing that you have for that they called it a leadership position, but how, mm-hmm. how much of a leadership position is passing a plate? But that's really symptomatic, isn't it? It is. Why did the church start saying, well, that's a leadership position that the men need to do? It's because the men weren't leading anywhere else. And so they lowered the bar to make sure that men could step up to such a role. And so when we say man is the uh, male, God created the male to be the leader and the headship in the church, what do we mean by that? If it's not passing communion plates, what does that mean? I think it goes all the way back to, once again, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's an example of Christ loving the church that he gave himself up for. And look at it today. You you know, we just uh, came out of a meeting earlier. We was talking about roles not being filled. And if you were looking at the meeting before ours, there was a lot of women in there. A lot of mm-hmm. women. There were some men, but there was a lot of women. And that's a that's a prime example of what we have today. I mean, there'll there'll be men that'll tell you, well, that's children's church. The women need to be teaching that. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? I I've heard that I've heard that said. I'm not gonna I've heard that said. I mean, I, you know, this is the things we're fostering in the church when we as men you know, sit back and like you just said, well, I can pass the cup and you can't. I mean, that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Or they say, well, I'm not gifted with kids. And there might be some truth to the gifting aspect, but sometimes I'm not asked to do what I'm gifted you, you, at. God doesn't call the gifted. He call, he equips the cult. You right? know, I, I will always picture, and I'm, I'm not I'm sorry to put you on the spot here, John, but there's that little boy in the nursery. <laughs> yeah. The only calming thing that happens if John would go in and take him out. Yeah. And he would stop on a, and I mean mm-hmm. he's just bawling. Yeah. You know, snot rolling. I, I, I mean, and he, John picked him up and just stopped. Yeah. So that right there, not saying a word, just the, being a man, a tenderness, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. And and you know, once again we've we've uh, we've nurtured these these uh what do you want to call them these things stereotypes stereotypes so there's a bigger problem though going on and i think the bigger problem is that men on a whole are not taking responsibility for their spiritual walk with christ and so that's playing out in the church Uh, the body of christ it's playing out actively with a lack of male leadership because the men are not taking leadership roles they're not leading in their own life and if you find yourself there, then it's time to start taking your walk with Christ more seriously. Like as in, start taking it seriously. Start start spending time with Jesus every day you know, in the Word. You, in, know, you know what guys would understand they're missing if they fulfill this? Yeah. I mean, it's not a burden. No. It's not. It's a blessing. When yeah. You, when, you know, I was talking about my kids earlier. I... I you know, I look at, the, at things as a, when I was a kid and my children that are just, it absolutely blows my mind. 
because it it benefits those around you. It benefits your family when you step up and be the man you're called to be. It benefits your family, but it also benefits you. Absolutely. And so you've got two sides there. One, it's not a burden, but also we have to remember, and there you do a great job of reminding us of this. Uh, we're held accountable to what's placed before us, and we will be held accountable to that. So we think about leadership in the family with our wives, with our kids. We think about leadership within the church and the ministry. And, and, and Joe, you, you, you called there uh, taking uh, inventory of, of what we're doing and taking responsibility for what we're doing yes. because we're ultimately responsible to God. And I didn't always things. feel that way, you know, uh-huh. I, and I, I wasn't always there. Matter of fact, it's been something I've grown into. Yeah. It's something that I've, I've been led by Christ through my study and spending time with him that I need to do this. And I'm not sitting around this table this morning saying I've always been a complete package. But I've you're, deve- but you're I'm also developing. not yeah. just spewing and things I'm still and not, not there. doing them in your life. Yeah, you're doing right. what you're saying, and you're keeping your vows and promises as a brother. I'm sure my wife would tell you I'm the complete package. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 not. So, not. but if you look at male leadership in the church, and I, I think you, uh, there's a, a lot of angst among some women about male leadership and some of the things that are written in the Bible. There's a lot of opinion that Paul was writing from a gender centric society. Yeah. Uh, and that those rules shouldn't apply today. And I, I push back on that quite a bit because not because I'm a man, but if, if God chose to make the woman the reverse role, then I would have no choice, but to say, you know what, that's the role God chose. And Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, so, for, for example, like one of the passages you're talking about, it's like First Corinthians, what, 13? Uh, for, I think First Timothy chapter 2. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's where Paul says, I don't permit a woman to yeah. teach or exercise authority mm-hmm. over man. Yeah, right. 2, 12 through 14. I'll read it. I do not allow women to teach or to have authority over the man. Instead, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and transgressed. So... Paul here, not so eloquently, just lays it out. He blurts it out, basically, that, look, this is the role that God gave. And then he points to this event that happened in the Garden of Eden. And some would say, well, that's pretty rude. Well, it's what happened. It's, it's the way that it transpired. Now, the man in, in the garden, and I think we would all agree around this table, was complacent. Absolutely. He did not step in and say, no, Eve. Right. Absolutely not. We're not going to eat that fruit, even though you've already eaten of it. I'm not going to take of it. And I do not accept the covenant you've made with death in this in this situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, he went right along with it. And so his complacency is a problem, and it's continued on today. And so you see complacency is the main issue that men are having with taking on the leadership roles that God calls them in their family, in the church, wherever they find themselves in life. And, and to me, Joe, it's, it's, a, it's hard for me to fathom that deal in the garden. It is hard I, to I consider. I mean, this is the man that walked and talked with the Father. I, you know, and, and the commandment was given to him, not to her. She didn't hear that commandment, from what I can tell in Scripture. And he didn't say anything. Whoa, 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 wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, we, t- we kind of laughed and joked about that on Monday night about 
coming home and seeing our wife talking to a snake in the corner, what would we do? Yeah. Well, of course we know what we would do, but I mean. But we say that. But. But. Do we? Do we? Do we? Deal with the snakes each each day, each week. There are snakes in our yeah, lives and in, in right. our home. Fine. Listen, that's right. Yeah. What about that television show that you know you probably ought not watch? Yeah. yeah. But you all enjoy watching it. Yeah. And you know it's inappropriate for your spiritual walk. Are you still sitting down and watching that? Yeah. You and and you so know your right, kids right. know you're watching that, and they see it, and then you go to church and they say something else. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's not. Yeah, we still deal with the same or similar snakes each week that maybe we don't address. Maybe so. You're Absolutely. Right, yeah. I, I would say that there's not a whole lot different. Men are still dealing with issues of passivity and not confronting the main issues it's, in their it, life. It's in our DNA. It, it uh, is written all in. All we have yeah. to do is look at all our forefathers. But don't you think God knew that from the start? Of course he that, did. That there was going to be issues like this. And of that, course he did. And that maybe he created man not to be perfect, but that he created them to submit and eventually come into a right relationship with him. Don't you think that that's the main reason why we're on this ball of rock? Yeah. Well, we know that he knew our, our frailties and our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. We know that. Because of who he is. And eventually, he, I think he created this world and this creation that we live in with the idea that he was going to have to redeem it. Mm-hmm. That there was going to have to be a redemption. Oh, yeah. That's, a, that's and before, they said before time it was done. In Isaiah, um, I don't want to say the chapter, but it's in the book of Isaiah. God spoke the beginning from the end. He, yeah. he told the time... He, all the idea, idea in Hebrew is that he told it all together. Uh-huh. He had the entire thing in his mind at once. Before man's conception. Yeah, that's before right. it was ever done. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're flawed, incredibly flawed. And it's not without reason, though. There's a purpose there in your life. There's a reason why you were born with your flaws and with your problems. It's because we need... Well, it, it, to it, come into right relationship. You know what God. it does? It magnifies the redemption power of Jesus Christ. It does. It, it magnifies does. the King, and that's the whole thing. So when well, we talk about um, male leadership in the church, I don't think it comes from the, a point of superiority as much as it comes from a point of God appointed it. Yeah, it's yeah. just appointed. Yeah. Period. Period. That's just the way it goes, and so. I think it's important that we fall into that role. But that leadership is not a rule over type of leadership. Again, our example comes from that of Christ, right? It he wrapped be a towel by, around his waist. That's and right. He, he washed the feet of the side. He said, if that's you right. want to be a leader, be a servant. Yeah. The yeah. Least. We've got a lot of guys who are quick to grab the reins of leadership and say, well, I'm the leader, uh, but there's no service. And we wonder, well, why does their wife and their spouse and their kids look so miserable? You know, I, I want to interject this, and I it's funny because I have been made fun of, but I remember this from many years ago in my first church, and this one fella, uh, he's in a nursing home now, about to go. He's 94 years old. Every time we had an event, he was I'd go in the kitchen. I'd never see him after this thing, and he'd be in the kitchen washing dishes. And he had the authority and the ability. He could be the guy. He could sit around and say hello and goodbye and let everything get cleaned up. So I was, he said he went to a conference once, and, you know, this guy was always fighting and fussing about the cabinets being open at the house. And all <laughs> he did was shut the doors and shut the cabinets and said, is this what I'm destined See, to do? See, I, I, I swore that that was only my house. 
No. Is that regular like cab- that's, that's cabinet store? Yeah. They're just hanging open all the time. So he like, said. He said he the guy the guy told him says well maybe that's what God's appointed you to do and he said now people ask me what I do I close cabinets and I shut doors <laughs> and Jack said I wash dishes Larry something I hate to but I'll do it for the church and you know I love to wash dishes when we have these events I love to go and wash dishes and it's I hate washing dishes but it shows it puts me in my proper place. Yeah. Do something you, you hate. Yes. Right? Do and, something that's hard. And, and if we do, only do sign up to, to do the things we like, then what service is that? Are, who And who are you serving? Exactly. Are you serving yourself or the Lord? That's that's co- that's key. That's key. So uh, male leadership in the family, male leadership is in the church. Uh, because God designed it that way, as Joe so eloquently put, God designed it that way. There. Right? Just because Some, he said so. Sometimes... It needs to be said, Joe. Yeah, that's right. That's but right. it's not a popular scripture. That, that's right. That First uh, Timothy, you know, two thirteen and four. You know, it's uh, two twelve through fourteen. It's not. Um, it's not socially yeah. acceptable oh, today. today. It's well, no. you know, it's the same thing in First Corinthians. He said almost the exact same thing. Yeah, sixteen thirteen, I think. Uh, exact same thing for women to be silent, not to teach, and so forth, and on and on. And today, boy, you just that that gets you nowhere. But the male headship is also subordinate to Christ. It is, he is in subjection to God. And by proxy, the woman is in, is in subjection to God as well. We're all in subjection but if to you're, God. If, you're, if it's done the way God intended, and Jesus exemplified this in yeah. his life here on earth. Yeah. What did he say in Mark chapter 10? He said, the son that man didn't come to, to be served, served, but to but serve, to serve and to give, give his, his life as a ransom, ransom for many. many. That's and, the and, example you know, that we have. That, that's what that's what we talked about a couple weeks ago about a wife becoming the mother and wife she was des- destined to be in God's eyes when the man serves her as the head properly. And it's not about, like I said, lordship. It's about servanthood. Jesus Christ is the example of all we do in life, everything, as a as a brother. As a father, as a husband, as a leader in the church, as a servant, it's all exemplified by him. And what was his life? But an absolute service to humanity. So when you are doing that service, when you are walking in the steps with Christ, you will start to see fruit being produced in your life. The fruit of the Spirit will start to, to grow, not only in your life, but your wife's life, in your children's life. You'll start to see these this fruit to be produced. And if, if we read that passage out of Galatians 5, 24 and 26, you'll see it says, now, well, 5, 24 and 25, I think is, is the main uh, section. Now those who belong to Christ have been crucified in the flesh and it, with its passions and the desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep the step with the Spirit. I don't think that's the right passage. I think it's 5, 23. Well, I've been yeah, crucified so. with Christ or the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits Fruit of the, of the Spirit. Spirit. 23. 23. 23. So, 3, 22 and 23. I wrote yeah, one. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just put in the, the section that I wanted to hit on after. But the fruit of the Spirit is first. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. and Gentleness, self-control. Self-control. And then, there is no law. Correct. And then, and then if because those things are there, uh, Paul keeps going on. And this was kind of the point I was trying to make. If you have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, you're not going to become conceited about it, right? right? He says that if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, 
and envying one another. That's right. I think that that's that's key to what we're talking about today. This complementarianism. If you are fulfilling your role in Christ, and if you are walking down that path, and you see the fruit of the Spirit coming, don't envy. Yeah. The the role. Glory to God that He gave you the role you've got. And so as we conclude, we've got about 10 minutes or so. Let's kind of walk through why, what we mean by, again, what we mean very clearly about complementarianism and why we believe that is a good way to see things. Uh, first of all, complementarian, by that we mean that God created male and female in a complementary way. They're both in the image of God, but created with different roles. We've been talking about the man being the leader in the home and the church. Um, that's one, that's one of the roles of, of, of being a, a male in, by God's design. And we see that because of what we see throughout scripture. We see even in the early, uh, part of Genesis one, really, we see that God created Adam and Eve both in the image of God, but gave them different roles. Um, we talked about last podcast, the, the idea between, um, God said, be fruitful and multiply. And then a second set of, of, of roles was uh, rule over and subdue the earth. One's feminine and one's masculine. And so uh, men and women, while both created in the image of God, they're different in their function. And that should be leaned into and not fought against. When we lean into that function, things operate as they should. God's glorified. Our lives are better. Our marriages are better. Our kids are better. Everything works as it should be because it's created with a purpose. Agreed. You made a note, John, uh, in some of our notes here, that exact point that uh, the the differences uh, had different obligations in carrying out the command. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you know, it can't be done apart. It has to be done with yeah. the roles played. God commanded God them, yes, right? God right. Cr- commanded them, and it took both. Uh, I mean, this is a... A bad picture, but we hear it often in our in our day. So you know, you can you can redeem something. I believe that's something that's worldly. We can redeem it for a godly purpose. Uh, this is the yin and the yang of life. You know what I mean? Going opposite directions. That picture is opposites. If I understand the yin yang picture, um, but they go together, and that's kind of how complementarian complementarianism teaches. We're created with different roles, and those roles complete one another yeah that's right so let's contrast this against what the world is trying to sell to married couples or to people in relationships you know as you would call it egalitarianism right this this idea that uh everybody's on this equal footing and and as everybody would say from the outset well sure we're all on equal footing with god but i think today society takes that concept and applies it to roles as well as tied to genders yeah and tries to put even the gender relationships on equal footing and as in egalitarianism the, you have this idea that well now when you have a marriage you know everybody's going to get a slip of paper and they all get a vote and <laughs> how's that going to work yeah you yeah. know i mean who's going to make the ultimate decision i mean god in his wisdom had a way to solve those issues. And, you know, hopefully if you're in lockstep with your wife, you will be in harmony. But if not, if there ever comes a time, then that decision has to be made. God found a way, 
right? So we're created to, uh, as we talked about. I don't know if it was this podcast or the previous podcast. Um, when there's a major decision that needs to be made because of male leadership in the home, we should take that responsibility upon ourselves and spare our wives that burden. Right, that should fall onto us, and not gloat like you it, said. And if it goes successfully, we should not gloat and say, "See, woman, step aside and let me make these decisions." That's bad, and that's how the fight starts. But then, secondly, if it fails, and that's where it really gets tough. Like we can, we we can even hide our gloating at times. But if it fails, it's our responsibility to protect our spouse from that pain of failure, because it isn't on them; it's on me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree a hundred percent on that, John. I think, uh, I think more marriages would be successful if men would step into the role God gave them. And let's face it, it's not working the way the world says to do it. That's right. That's right. Just not. And part of that is because of the fall. And so one primary thing that, that it's important to point out is that God created us with different functions. God created man and woman, both in the image of God, but with different uh, functions, different roles to do. And the second, I guess, key point here that, that protects us, that shapes us, that guards us as we walk down this path is the fact that, yeah, our world is teaching something vastly different from this. The world says men and women are completely equal in all ways, shapes, forms. Everything's the same. In fact, our world says that a man can have a vagina and a female can have a penis. We're getting a bit absurd here, okay? The Bible teaches something vastly different. There's a man, there's a woman with different roles, both created in the image of God, but created different, with different mindsets, with different responsibilities, and with different roles. And we see that even Jesus enforces or encourages that type of thinking because he refers to a a pre-fall world as his basis. I've said it before, I'll say it again, and we'll we'll be saying this quite a bit. If you're not listening to the Leesburg Daily, we are in the midst of going through the first several chapters of Genesis to get the foundational work that where God lays all these standards in place. So come and listen to us we, uh, daily on the Leesburg Daily Podcast. Um, but, but, but Jesus refers to a pre-fall context to look at God's original intent and design for creation for men and for women. Yeah, as Jesus said in the Gospels, he's recorded as saying, you do err in your understanding of the Scriptures. It was not this way from the beginning. God created them male and female, and they would leave their their parents and be joined to his wife. And so Jesus had this understanding of what marriage was, and it was based on what happened in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And think about this. Where did the fall happen? The fall happened in the Garden. Yes, but where in time oh, okay. did the fall happen? Yeah. What, what was the, the catalyst for the fall? It wasn't Eve eating the fruit. Think about it. Where did the fall happen? Is when Eve went a different route of her role and Adam didn't live up to his expectation. I got you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yes, that same moment. But 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 the fall there happened. The catalyst of the fall wasn't eating the fruit. The catalyst of the fall was Eve walking outside of her lane and, and Adam, Adam walking outside of his lane. I'm not, yeah. Does that make I sense? I see what you're saying, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joe gave me a, a look like, oh, like, brother, you're going off the reservation. You're off script right, right now, yeah, yeah, brother. Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> 
but but that's it. And Jesus looks at a pre-fall context and says, this is the way it was intended to be. The reason we have the con- the conflict we have in our world today, the confusion as to what is a man and what is a woman, and then the issue, the ba- the battle of the sexes that's been happening, you know, for a long time. Why do we have that? It's because we live in a fallen world. It's a consequence of the fall. Again, Genesis 3.16 answers a lot of that. It does. Your desire will, will be to lead over him, God says, to the woman. And you won't. Yeah. So, so I wouldn't want to just put all this information out there in a podcast forum and not offer solid advice yeah. to Christian men and women. If you're listening to this, then God bless you. Uh, <laughs> you you have some, some guts suffering through some of what we're talking about, I'm sure. But if solid advice, John, what kind of solid advice can we give people that are listening to this podcast? Number number one, get involved with other Christian men, women, get involved in a in a setting where you can be held to some standard, to some level of uh, accountability. You know, there, there has to be some relationship built outside of the four church walls yeah. in, in a setting. And that's my first piece of advice. If you're not actively involved in a group of men or a group of women, if you're a woman, then I highly suggest you get plugged in. And it may not be comfortable for you. It may not be your thing. But bear through it, get plugged in, and start to learn, start to grow you know, start to become accountable to other people. A second factor there is to answer the question, well, why does this matter? We've spent 40 minutes now right. talking about about the role of men and women. And well, why does that matter? Just live and be happy, some might say. Yes, to a degree. But this matters because it elevates, it highlights biblical authority. Like we're, we're people and we, and we claim to live underneath the authority of the Bible. And so... And so because of that, we have to live up to that authority, right? This matters for that regard, in that regard, and it matters because of how it fleshes out in our homes. And so when we live with a clear, for, for men, when we live with a clear understanding of our responsibility, it provides clarity, it provides stability, it provides comfort, it provides ultimate love in our homes with our spouse, with our kids. It provides what's often missing in so many families because we don't understand and don't live underneath the authority of Scripture. So if we find ourselves there, if, if we are listening and we're like, wow, I'm not there, what do I do? Step one, step up. Step up. Step up. And that step up does not mean, wife, I am the leader because <laughs> that won't bode well. What does that mean? That means you get in there and you wash dishes. Own your you own bag your of, of poop. You, uh, Jesus said, "Hey, look, the no, uh, 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 I didn't come to to to, to be, be served. served. I came to serve to lay lay down my yeah. life." And so, uh, so man, if you're if you've been on autopilot, if you've been kind of just coasting through, you hear this. Hey, look, there's a responsibility that's placed on your shoulders that you will be held accountable for one day. If you want to make a change, which we would highly encourage you to do, that means you become a servant. Look to your spouse and say, how can I serve my wife, my kids? How can I uh, be a disciple maker in my home? 
How can I take that responsibility? How can I start fulfilling the role God gave me? And stop pointing the finger at your spouse and saying, "Hey, if she you're only this, did you're this, this, yeah, you know, and maybe maybe start she, looking maybe at yourself. She's listening to this, and her husband won't step up. And and you know what, I would say to that woman, God bless you, number one. But you know, the only the command that Paul gives in Ephesians is uh -huh. respect your husband. Yeah, respect the man for who he is because he's appointed that by God Himself. Pray for him. Yeah, pray for him. Don't don't nag, don't push, don't let don't him, try let, to cover his bases. And, and is it Timothy that talks about a woman's godly value is in her in inside that she'll win her man to Christ by how she lives her her inner peace and quiet and be that woman. Don't be you know, and I'd hate to use the word nag, but don't you know step back, pray, let him see a quiet and and you know this doesn't mean you step up and take his role. But it means that you take your role and do what God has equipped you to do, which is pray and be that woman of faith that he's called you to be. And, it, you know, eventually God, God's got your back. Go ahead, Joe. No, just I, I, Paul was saying at one point in one of his epistles, and I forget which one, but he said, who knows? You know, don't leave your spouse. That's right. If they're not fulfilling their role, who knows? Maybe you'll sanctify your spouse. Fulfill your role and pray for your spouse. Fill that gap, you know, of prayer in for that and for that person. And perhaps that person will see that and eventually come around. Joe, give us the last word on, on, on gender roles as far as the man's role. Complementarianism. Uh, men are called to be the head, but they look to their head to know how to do that. And that's through Christ. Very good, Larry. And, and uh, you know, uh, as easy it is to say, but I mean it, look at our example. Always. There is never a question on which way we should turn or where we should go if we look to Jesus for our decisions. Yeah. Marriage, parenting, service, leadership, I don't care what it is. Work, look to Jesus. He's got the answers. He exemplified those in his life. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Yeah. You can't go wrong. And I would say the most needed thing for us to do as men is to be men of the word. And that means we've, but we can't live up to the expectation that's placed for us, the responsibility that's placed on us if we don't know we it. We don't know what it's And so is. it's a cry for biblical literacy. Again, I mean, I feel like a broken record, but bold, that's the case. You know, I heard a preacher this past week say the most dangerous thing uh, is his congregation reading the Bible. And I thought, what? And he meant it in a negative way. He said, no, just come to church. I'm like, no. I want my people to read the Bible, get in the word craziness. Anyway, <laughs> look, you can't live up to the, to be the role that God has created you to be man without knowing that, that role. And that means you got to get into the word. Amen, man. I'm talking, it change, it's life changing. It will change your life personally, your relationship with your spouse, your kids. It changes it all. It's a cry for biblical authority, living underneath the word. That's what we're all called for. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Join us again in two weeks when we talk about something else. Who knows? Who if you knows? Any questions, comments, reach out to us. We'd love to talk about a topic that maybe you're interested in hearing about. Let us know. God bless. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Leesburg Bold Men's Podcast. Adios.